Hello beautiful light beam, I'm so happy that you stumbled upon this wee podcast. Soul-led, spirit-driven is your guide, your companion on your spiritual journey. Together, let's explore past lives, life lessons, karmic cycles. Let's learn how to navigate through this earthly life. And together with my astral team, Echo, I hope to make each episode as potent and as informative as I possibly can so that you can slowly unpack all that is human till you get to that beautiful center that is your soul so you can see yourself in your true magnificence. Okay, let's begin. beautiful light beam. Have you ever wondered who is part of your astral team? Or maybe you've heard me use these words but you're not really sure what does she mean by astral team? Who the heck is her astral team? Well in that case this episode is for you. Today we are going to talk about who is part of your astral team. But before we get into this juicy topic, I would like to invite you to join us in March for Aki, learning more about Aki. Aki is another way of channeling information from your Akashic records. Aki was channeled to me as the name. And it stands for Akashic Records Channeling Experience. Now, some of you might know that I teach different ways of accessing your Akashic Records. Because I know from experience that some of us are visual people. And therefore, it is much easier for us to see the Akashic field or the Akashic library and go up into the records or see your book of life in that library. While for others, it is easier to not visualize, but rather hear or feel guidance. And so I have developed with my astral team different ways of accessing the Akashic Records. And Aki is one way that incorporates automatic writing and channeling. So you may have heard about it, you may have perhaps watched the first few videos introduction teaching you the basics of Aki and how it works. And if not, please message me and I will hook you up. But in March, we are going to delve deeper. We are going to learn how to use this way of accessing your Akashic Records to receive perhaps guidance uh, on your path to connect with higher beings to manifest things in your life and what I find extremely fascinating is how to receive healing perhaps a higher understanding of the things that are happening to us that are happening to us the relationships that we seem to attract any wounding that we carry with us how can we heal it how can we release it so 
if you are someone who has perhaps struggled with accessing the Akashic Records visually, you might actually enjoy accessing them the Aki way. The basic three video mini course introducing you to the Aki method is available in a course section on my website kashaberg.com. If you have though, participated in any of my group experiences this year, you would have received that. So have a look if you know, if you have played around already, if you are familiar with it and you want to delve deeper, you want to learn how to do more, then March is going to be a four session, four weekly sessions where we will go deeper, we will learn how to do other things with this way of receiving information from our Akashic Records. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes and you are welcome to join us. If you are part of Earth School, you do not need to do anything. This is part of your Earth School experience. So having said that, you are welcome to join Earth School and do it with us or you can buy it as a standalone program. So of course you will receive all the replays for you to keep. Now let's get into this week's episode talking about who is part of your astral team. So you may have heard me use this term my astral team quite often and it is how I refer to my group of guides. It is how I have come to know them. They've always said, this is your astral team. And so instead of calling it my guides, my group of guides or teachers and masters or anything, we have come to know them as my astral team. I know from leading so many participants through Liberato that for some it is very important to know exactly who their guides are, what do they look like, what are their names, how many do I have, in order to feel comfortable trusting and working with them. For me, I have learned that I have a lot of guides, as you probably do as well. But for me, the way my mind works, it was quite difficult or challenging to know exactly who do I ask for this or who can help me with past lives and who do I ask for mediumship and what about this main guy? Is he going to get upset or she's going to get upset if I stop talking to them and I ask someone else for advice? It's a very... 3D, very human problem, isn't it? These concerns, they come from my egoic mind. I have learned since that our guides really, really don't mind if you talk to them, let's say someone in particular up there, and then all of a sudden you start talking to your loved one or perhaps a goddess and you know you start receiving information that way they don't get upset um if you turn your back so to speak on one of them temporarily because you're focused on perhaps working with angels or goddesses or ascended masters or whoever 
our guides don't have an egoic mind. There's no ego. So they really, really don't mind who brings through the information, who you speak to, because all of them are working for the highest good of you and the highest good of all. So they, whatever you feel most comfortable with, however you wish to receive guidance, they are absolutely okay with it. So I wanted to say this so that you understand that if you have 10 guides around you, please don't feel like you have to every day communicate with each one of them and give each one equal amount of time. They all work together. And I know this because as I was getting very confused with my human mind, who do I ask for this? Who, <laughs> who do I talk to about this? And why am I feeling this guide coming through more? You know, have I done something to upset the other guide? How, I, how do I distinguish between them? And do they get upset if I start talking to my dad or my mom more? They basically then started coming through as a collective of voices. And this happened when I started going to the Akashic Records more. They started coming through as a collective of voices or the collective consciousness called echo. I hear them like the echo. Their voice echoes to me. So there is still a guide, Raya, around me and I still have my loved ones. I will get into this in a minute. But because your guides know how you work, know how your mind works, know what you get frustrated with or upset or what confuses or overwhelms you. They want to bring through the information. That's it. That's the main goal, to bring through guidance information to you. And so they will come together and make it so that it's easy for you. So even though someone might tell you you have 10 guides around you and you're like but I'm only about speaking to this one that's because that one felt obviously quite familiar to you perhaps you've formed a bond with them perhaps you've come to know trust and like them more and so all the other ones are still bringing through guidance but it comes through this one that you feel let's say most familiar with so it doesn't mean that you don't feel them so you know perhaps something's wrong with you or perhaps the psychic that told you this 10 around you she was telling you fibs you have I have no doubt a lot of guides around you and then you have your loved ones and then you have also the guides that come and go but let's talk more about this now so who is part of your astral team so you have a guide that is called your master guide and the master guide is a guide that has been with you since before birth this guide was with you in a pre-birthing session when everything was being pre-planned pre-organized and I'm saying this of course with air quotes because you know nothing is fully 100% set in stone pre-planned but there is a loose roadmap that is being created by the soul 
that is going to go into this earth life and the council of 12 and the guides and any other souls that are um, participating in this so when this pre-birthing session is happening your master guide is there with you your master guide is probably the one that prepares you for going into your next lifetime reminding you that they will be watching over you they'll be just a little bit away but still within reach and you can connect through your amazing channel called your human mind uh, your class, your senses, right? You will feel them, you will hear them, you will know that they're there, you will see things. But we have to tell you, you will go through the veil of forgetting and you may not remember for a while that we're here. We will do our best to remind you though. So this master guide is, some see them as your teacher, but it's not entirely like that or at least I'd like to think it's not entirely like that because my master guide is a very loving and almost like a friend that you can share things with. You can be completely honest, vulnerable. They already know you. They know and accept you and love you the way you are. They don't get frustrated because you keep making the same mistakes over and over. So your master guide is there from birth till death and they're the ones that will guide you home. And then you have, um, oh let me actually go back and say I believe my master guide is Rhea. And it's interesting because I, I see most of the time what felt really familiar to me was seeing this guide's profile um, and it was just an illuminating side profile of a face and sometimes in my dreams I would see this guide and it felt very familiar like something from a childhood that is like oh I remember this character from a book or something there was this sense of familiarity and what is interesting is that the more I let go of but I need to know I need to know what you look like I need to know your name I need to know exactly where you stand what do you do like why are you here when I let go of that and I started just deepening my own abilities and focusing on receiving guidance how I receive it um and strengthening all that, I actually started to see more and more of this guide. And I say this guide, I don't say she or he, because what is interesting is I see this luminous light. Sometimes I see this priestess. And each time there is just a sense of familiarity. And now... I feel the presence of this guide more on my right side, whereas before it was on my left side. So I don't really attach any meaning to this. I don't try to <laughs> work out why, but it feels nice to have this guide on this side. It feels like that's exactly where I need to feel the support, the love to know that this guide is here with me. So that is my master guide, I believe. 
Then we have what's called a gatekeeper. And this guide is with you, again from birth, to protect you, to make sure that you are safe, especially when you start opening up and receiving guidance. This guide makes sure that the channel, the field in which you receive your guidance, so we all have a particular field. It's like, imagine a blank canvas on which um, the projector plays movie on, like a huge wide cinema-like screen. And so everyone has it a little bit different. So please don't feel like, oh, I don't see a screen. What does that mean? You may just know that in the space where your third eye is, there is something being reflected. That's where you receive messages. You might get it at the back of your head. You might be you know, closing your eyes and seeing like a movie-like strip being shown to you or signs or symbols. Um, but all of it falls into this natural field of vision, I call it. And that field of vision is where guidance comes through, spirit comes through, angels, your loved ones come through. Now, that is VIP area, VIP only. There is no open mic night at the club happening. You know, it's not karaoke night where anyone can just grab the microphone, come into the space and tell you stuff. And the gatekeeper makes sure that it stays like that. He or she is like the bouncer at a good nightclub. So whenever you feel like, okay, I am now connecting to guides and spirits and I feel a little bit fear, um, or I'm not sure who I should be connecting with, or whether it's true that there's some bad spirits around and I don't want them in my space, call in your gatekeeper. Now, whenever I start a session, and this is true for one-on-one sessions, this is true for group sessions, I have this little invocation, and it goes something like this. I would like to call in our guides, our loved ones, and any other benevolent being that wishes to assist in today's session. May the guidance or healing that comes through bypass our analytical mind and go straight into our souls where it can create changes and shifts and transformations. I would like to call in our gatekeepers to stand in circle around us and ensure that we only interact with beings of love and light. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you, angel babies. So I call in all of our gatekeepers. So if you are in session with me, your gatekeeper is summoned. Um, If you participate in a group session, even if you don't know whether you have guides, of course you do, um, you know, or who your gatekeeper is. When I say I call in our gatekeepers, your gatekeeper is summoned as well. So uh, this sort of um, changed a little bit because I worked initially, and I learned this from one of my spiritual teachers, to call in the highest of all protectors, Archangel Michael. 
call them, call Archangel Michael and ask Archangel Michael to create a protective dome around the space with um, his protective lights, gold and purple. But, you know, I gotta be honest with you, I love the idea of Archangel Michael coming and helping me. I love, I believe in angels, absolutely. I Whenever I feel extremely, you know, like depleted or, you know, like, let's say really stuck in the mud and I can't get myself out, I would call upon the angels because they just have this amazing way of quickly pulling me up. But it felt a little bit weird for me to ask Archangels or Archangel Michael for my sessions. And maybe this is still some debris of my Catholic upbringing and what was drummed into me at school and, you know, during religion and church. But I just feel like I don't know that we need to call Archangel Michael uh, maybe my client is not going to feel comfortable. There were all sorts of things going through my mind. And rightfully so. Because if someone, if you hear me tell you something and you're like, that doesn't feel good for me. It doesn't feel aligned for me. Let me try something different. I want you to try something different. They want you to try something different. Because of course... They know what makes you tick. They know where your fear comes from, what you're fearful of, how you perceive the world, how your mind works. So for someone, let's say a client of mine that would come into my session, when they hear me call upon the angels, they might associate it with like, oh my God, perhaps I'm in danger because she's calling in angels and they deal with like, the devil and bad stuff and I never want to create any fear or instill any fear in anyone I know how powerful angels are I know they deal with all sorts of low entities and low vibrational energies um, but also they are bringers of love and peace and calmness and communication and health and all sorts of miracles and I personally don't believe that by opening up my channel, I am in danger of being possessed by a spirit. And I think we've had this conversation here on the podcast where there is something called the uh, law of personal responsibility. And this law says that your free will and your intention are powerful. No one must go against it. So spirit, even the lowest of low, must leave when you tell it to. The only place really where free will is not respected and that law is not really respected is probably here on earth. So I just wanted to throw this in there. We're not going to go into this, although if you want me to pull this apart again in a future episode, please let me know. But here I really wanted to talk more about our beautiful guides, the guides that are around you all the time. So from birth, you have your master guide and you have your gatekeeper. 
any loved ones that have passed away around your birth or when you were born might also hang around with you. So then there are guides that come through various periods of your life, perhaps as you reach teenagehood, or perhaps a guide might come through when you're a child and your parents are divorcing, because you might need the comfort and protection and someone to look out for you. So there are guides that come through different at different times in your life, and then there are guides that are like, I call them project guides and these guides are here to help you with a particular project, something really that you are struggling with and they will come, they will do their job and then they disappear. So some people find that quite challenging and they're like, I don't want my guides to leave, I want them to be here. Um, again, your guides know you. They know whether you need the comfort and the knowing that a guide is with you at all times. And so that help might come through, again, a guide that feels familiar to you. But also, someone might be super organized, maybe very left brain, and likes to know exactly, okay, if I'm dealing with a tax problem, I want a guide that knows about tax so they can help me or branding or raising children. And so guess what? You will you can call that guide in and that guide will show up. So my favorite example of this was a client of mine who was a first-time mom and she was um so she had the baby and she recognized that she is suffering from the baby blues that you get usually day two or three um but it stayed with her for a few extra days and she was feeling actually really really lost and I said call mother Mary and I asked as well on her behalf for mother Mary to you know show up in her world and and help her and so she did and then a friend shows up on her door with a warm meal and then another friend popped in. She was just driving past and she didn't want to disturb her, but she was wondering if it's okay to come and see how she's doing. And it was really lovely in Sweden. You know, she got to sleep while the friend looked after the baby and the other friend brought this beautiful nourishing meal. And so this is how Mother Mary has shown up in her life. You know, she it wasn't to come and speak to her and speak guidance to her but to send the right people to her um, there were a few other people that showed up as a result but that was probably just the most touching experience of for me even of how mother mary came through with help so you see when we ask for help when we ask for guidance the worst thing we can do is have an idea of how this has to come through. Like, I want an answer now. Nothing's coming through. Oh, well, they must not be here. Or perhaps I don't have guides, right? That is the worst thing you can do. Because you're putting up a wall and then they can't get through. You want to kind of wait and see how guidance shows up, how help shows up in your world. And you might just get helpers in 
other humans coming up because they were nudged. They were, you know, this idea was planted in their head. Go and see, check in on, you know, your friend, see how she's going. So these project helpers, these these guides that are here to help you with a specific project, they will, of course, stay for as long as you want to. But generally they come, they do their thing, and then they go. So then we have loved ones. And again, you know, if your loved one passed away recently, or perhaps when you were younger, especially if you had a strong bond, or their sole contract was shorter so that they can help you and your family members whilst being back on the other side, you might feel their presence as well. Now, I love how a loved ones come through because they come with so much emotion, so much feeling. It's actually interesting because most of my clients and Liberato students, they actually feel their loved ones and their presence first and foremost, or more than their guides. And I think it's because we're familiar with their energy. We're familiar with how they are. So they come through much quicker, much easier. They're more connected to you, right? Because they know, again, um, you know, what you're like and what you are like and how they can show up in your world so that you know it's them. So all these guides form part of your astral team. This is your group. Okay? This is your astral team that is with you there. Now, each one of them is on a slightly different plane. So your loved ones would be probably the closest unless they are in healing. And then you may not feel them or hear from them for a little bit. But don't worry, they're coming back. Then you have your guides that are, again, a little, little, tiny level above your loved ones, but they're still close enough because they've been with you for so long. So again, you're more likely to feel them. Now, then there are goddesses, ascended masters, and cosmic um, beings, right? Uh, The Pleiadians, Arcturians, your soul families. And there's also, of course, angels, and all of them are slightly higher, not to mention the Akashic masters and teachers as well. And all of those higher beings deal with the bigger picture. So you probably won't um, need to ask them for help on a day-to-day basis. You may not even feel their presence as much as you do with your guides or your loved ones. But they're still here and you can call upon them at any moment. And when they come through, they come through with so much love, so much energy. When you ask for guidance, it's big things. Like... I mean, just take Goddess Kali, for example. I was saying to my clients, don't call in Goddess Kali unless you're ready for big changes, ready to have your life turned upside down. Because when she swoops in, oh my goodness, be ready for a big shake-up. And as you're going through this shake-up and it feels like you're being inside a snow globe, it doesn't feel good. You question everything. You feel like your life is falling apart. I've had a client who was so, um, I think, drawn to Goddess Kali because there was a brief moment where 
a lot of people are talking about Goddess Kali in 2020, 2021. And she was like, yeah, I want to work with Goddess Kali. And I went, oh, just be careful because she will put you on the path that you need to be on. But the way it happens, most of us humans aren't used to it. It feels quite unnerving and unsettling and overwhelming for our little nervous system. Uh, You don't get to choose what you keep and what you let go of. It is for your highest good, but most of us like to do it in baby steps. And she went ahead and she worked <laughs> with Goddess Kali. She called her in and big changes happened for her. Big changes like to her financial status, to her work, uh, to where she lived. Uh, her family expanded as well. And she was pulled into this place of basics, basics, basics. It served her. I feel like now she's, I think she's on the other side and it feels now like, okay, I get it. I know what this was about. And you recognize like, yes, I needed this shakeup, but just the way it comes through, not everyone is ready for it. So you might be going through the storm that Goddess Kali has created and it feels completely like... If you're not ready for the lessons, if you're not ready to go at that faster pace, you will feel like everything's falling apart. So goddesses are quite powerful as well. So goddesses, ascended masters, who are like your teachers, your guides, your mentors, they come with so much wisdom, so much love. I love, love calling in Paramahansa, maybe because my husband does Kriya Yoga and follows the teachings of Paramahansa, um, I feel like he is quite present in our home. But I also see Jesus come through as well. And that was something that felt at first a little bit strange. And I thought, is Jesus coming through because of my Catholic background? But Jesus started coming through, especially when I do karma sessions for clients who um, needed healing and they had, let's say, past life wounds that were uh, of a religious nature or they still felt very um, low self-worth. They feel like they have to seek permission from others so he comes through with so much love it's just so wonderful just the energy bathing in that energy is incredible then we have also the soul families and cosmic races your Pleiadians, Muntakians, Arcturians Arcturians come through for me usually when I do healing sessions and usually my clients feel it because it's quite potent They come usually through when I do healings in my group or energy upgrades. Um, So they come through. And again, I don't, I personally, because I don't work every day with the star scenes, unlike some galactic channelers, I don't work with them. So I don't need to call upon them. If I'm doing light language or perhaps my life purpose sessions 
they might come through for my clients yes usually with some guidance or to help us activate their gifts um or understand their life lessons more but on a day-to-day basis i can't say that when i go into the akashic records i go straight for the pleiadians and ask them for guidance that is i always say in my summer reading you know when you're in school and they give you you know these books to read that you have to read for english and then um there's these books that you are dying to read but you're like okay I'm gonna wait till summer holidays and then I'm going to dive into them that's what it feels like like when I have time I'm going to do that so that's in terms of like the higher beings um but there's also the oh that's right we forgot the Akashic masters and teachers okay so this is where echo comes in really really beautifully so um without going into too much detail talking about my experience and my way of discovering the akashic records let it just be said that the more i started working in the akashic records the more i was getting confused with all these guides and i felt like i just need one guy to talk to me but there's so many akashic masters and teachers and then you hear that the pleiadians the guardians of it are there as well coming through for some and i was really really confused not so much when i was bringing through information for my clients because i never actually care so much and i think i usually get like oh here's the acturians they want to you know share this with you or you know here the pleiadians are coming with some healing for you but when it came down to myself going into the akashic records i was like okay so who do i talk to here and so two things happened for me which made it so much easier first thing is i started being in this valley so before that when i was going to the akashic records I was in this room that was uh, ceiling to floor, wood, you know, wooden walls, everything was wood, but it was so big and it was so bright and there were these huge, huge windows and, you know, cushions and it was so cozy and, you know, when you looked out the windows, you just saw cliffs and ocean and everything was so bright and so vibrant and it was just stunning um that room reminded me again it was like there's a remembrance somewhere from somewhere and I was like but where have I seen this room in a children's book have I dreamt about it I just felt like I'm at home and this is a side note a lot of people a lot of people even a lot of my clients who have access to Akashic Records always always say the same thing I feel like I've come home there was a feeling of coming home and that was for me so we used to be there and I would receive guidance and usually when I was channeling information for my life purpose clients we would sit around this beautiful big table with these guides and um, I just saw these light beams and they would share this information with me and I could see that person that I was reading for on the chair in like this holographic way so that was that and then as I started asking questions I'm like I need to know when I go for myself who do I go to where do I go to do I still come to this room and so all of a sudden it started taking me down to this valley that was surrounded by these mountains and I was standing there this teeny tiny little me and I could hear this echo speaking to me 
And that's where my guidance was coming through. And they said that even without intentionally going up into the Akashic Records, like let's say I am delivering a session or I'm you know, doing a reading for someone and I haven't actually gone into the Akashic Records per se, because let's say we're doing a spirit session, um, then I would hear this echo and to know that this is them bringing through guidance. And I said, okay, but what about this beautiful room? I love this beautiful wooden room. And I said, when we teach you something, we will teach you in this room. But when we bring through guidance, we are down here in the valley. And we speak to you like this. And I was like, that sounds like echo. And then, of course, the question begs to, to be asked, what do I call you then? Are you still my Akashic masters and teachers? Is it someone in particular? Because I know when I first started going in, I could see this man that was bold and he had these sort of periwinkle clothing that was like a cloak. And there was this woman that was had a and I couldn't quite tell because she looked like olive skin, Cleopatra makeup, but her hair was her head was pretty much shaven. You couldn't see the hair except at the top of her head was this long plate. It was like this ponytail that was braided. And again, she wore periwinkle, this periwinkle cloak. And so I saw that and I'm like, yeah, we're all part of this Echo. And that's why I started calling them Echo. So when I say my astral team, it is this collective of Akashic masters and teachers. It is my loved ones. We're getting to this. And it is my guide Raya and it is my gatekeeper and any other guide that wishes to come through with guidance and information at any time. And these beautiful little angel babies. Can you see how for most of us, knowing that we have so much help on the other side, that we have so much guides um, and guidance, that it can get a little bit confusing for our human mind. Because where do they fit? Where do they stand? Like, hell, who do I talk to, right? So please don't worry. Just even if you focus on one guide, that one guide will be the messenger, the CEO, and everything has to be run past that guide to get to you. So then it gets really interesting. So we have the Akashic Masters as Echo. And then I started delving into mediumship more. And for that, we've learned you need a separate guide. Like, where is that one going to fit in? And so I have learned that my great, 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 four times, grandmother, who had the same name as me, Kasha, although there's a story with my name, but that's for another episode. So this great, great, great grandmother was heavily into the psychic work and she read these cards long before tarot was a thing. Like, you know, like long, be I mean, you know, tarot dates back. I think the oldest one that was discovered was in uh, 15th century or something. 
but I mean the modern tarot, you know, the Rider Waite tarot before that one happened. She was already reading some funky cards. And so I learned that and that she is here to help me with my mediumship. So she is here for that. Then I also greet every day my mom, my dad, my grandma and my sister who passed away a year before I was born. And what is interesting about this is that I feel like my loved ones, when they crossed over, they have specific roles. My dad is the mover and shaker. He makes things happen. And I usually receive guidance from him in a form of finding coins. Um, I think I shared the story with you, but he always used to find coins. And so now I seem to find coins all the time. And if I ask for guidance, I'm like, show me a coin. And then he usually delivers. So, and it's like five cents or something, which thank you, so grateful. But just in case you're thinking, gosh, <laughs> I'd be rich if I was finding so much money, but it's really teeny tiny bits. Um, anyway, so coming back to uh, loved ones. So my dad is the one that makes things happen. My mom is like an oracle. I can ask her for guidance. I can, I can ask her like when I'm feeling really uh in the mud as well like she's the first one I go like I need someone to pull me out and she's the one that reminds me about closing my energy and you know closing a session properly and protecting myself and then I call my grandmother and my sister because well I just like their company it just the energy feels really beautiful to me and again sometimes I hear all of them as one voice and sometimes I can tell especially when it comes to mediumship okay who is what so my astral team is big and I've had a couple of uh, psychics tell me long 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 before this that oh god there's a lot of you there and they're quite powerful and you know psychics like going generations back and I haven't uncovered all of them but anyway it's nice to know but if this is you and you feel completely overwhelmed, I want you to know through this episode that it is absolutely okay to only talk to your loved ones if that feels good for you. Only have perhaps one guide that you wish to speak to because this guide will get everyone aligned and where they need to be and they will all talk through him to you. It is absolutely fine to have a collective of voices. It is absolutely fine to not know who your guide is or not want to know. It is also absolutely fine to have a series of guides and actually work with all of them and know exactly what each one does. Absolutely fine. Because remember, you create your own experience and your guides it's not like humans who are lining up there going like, she's going to talk to me. No, she better talks to me. No, but I'm no more. I was here the longest, you know, I am better. They don't have an egoic mind. So they all work together for the highest good of you and the highest good of all, right? So it really doesn't matter. There's, of course, animals. There's, of course, also elementals. And you may choose to only work with them. You may choose to not have any animals because that feels a little bit strange. Guess what? If you have an animal guide, this guide is still there. But maybe this guide goes, all right, I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to speak to the main guide that talks to her and relay and convey 
my messages through that. They all love you. They are always here for you. They all surround you with love and support. That's what you need to know. They are just a call away. You just need to call them in. And the best thing is if you can create a daily practice where you sit with them. This is probably the quickest and easiest way to form this communication, to form this connection and to strengthen it. Create a space, sit in that space with them, call them in and ask them, ask them for guidance. Ask them and remember if you don't receive it straight away, doesn't mean they haven't heard you, doesn't mean that they're not there, but probably they're figuring out how to bring the best guidance to you so that you don't miss it, so that you get it, so that you receive it well. So my friends, it's getting a little bit loud around here. I'm sitting in my car studio today and it's heating up. Uh, when I started, it was actually quite cool early in the morning and now it's getting hot and I can hear everyone's kind of getting out and about. So it's going to get loud here in a minute. So if we feel complete with this, let's, let's close it up here. And until next week, and of course, I love to know what your biggest takeaways or takeaway was from any episode, but in particularly from this episode. And you can do this via the links in the show notes below this episode. I am so grateful that you are here as always, and I can't wait to be in your ears next week. Bye for now.